forever. Dog. You all know me. It's Ben Acker, co-founder of the Thrilling Adventure Hour. I'm back in the feed today to tell you that I've written a book, a collection of campfire tales, ghost stories, and spooky ukes for kids 10 and up. But we will accept any interested nine-year-olds or intrepid seven and eights. If you're under eight, ask a librarian. They're in charge of kids. They're in charge of kids. But you, the thrilling audience, are in charge of you. And as much as this book is for kids, it's also for adults, as well as body swap kids and adult bodies and vice versa. But really, it's for you, my first audience, my forever audience. You think I would write a book you wouldn't love? I wouldn't. It's called Stories to Keep You Alive Despite Vampires. And if you don't just absolutely love that title, well, yes, you do. I've been coming here into the feed asking you to pre-order Estikava Diva, but that time is over now. The book is out in the world. It exists, just like you or me. That said, apparently, due to the caprices of the publishing world, this week is as important as the pre-orders week. Not to be all buy it now, but please, buy it now. Buy yourself a book. Buy your friend a book. I keep saying it's for weird kids and Halloween adults, because it is, but I also think you could turn non-weird kids into weird kids with this book. This might be the book that turns your least favorite Disney adult into your favorite Tim Burton or Neil Gaiman adult. The transformative power of stories to keep you alive despite vampires is limitless, probably. Prove me right. This book is out as a special celebratory episode of Preview the Book Theater. That's what we call it. In the interest of indulging myself by having my work juice player pals read my spooky book stories, here's Paul F. Tompkins reading part one of the frame story. It's called Stories to Keep You Alive Despite Vampires. From Stories to Keep You Alive Despite Vampires by Ben Acker Don't read this. Obviously do read this, just not out loud. Read it to yourself as fast as you can. You never know when they'll come back, and you need to catch up quick if you're going to survive. This book, the one you're holding in your hands, may be the only thing that stands between your survival and your total, utter, complete lack of survival. Or, and this is the bad part, worse. And no offense if worse happens to you, but if it does, it's because you didn't read this part fast enough. So please, I'm yelling now, read faster! Obviously, if you found this book where I left it, you're in that house on the corner that shouldn't be so dark, but it is so dark. Even during the brightest, bluest afternoon, daylight does not touch this house. The house stands in a shadow as dark as midnight. It may, in fact, be cast in midnight itself. Impossible? Yes. And yet, if you are reading this, you know it is also true. And that is just the beginning of the impossible things about this house that are also true. But enough talking about impossible things about this house that are also true. There's no time! I don't know what you call it. The spot inside the door with the narrow, tall table where you put the mail. Not quite a room. There must be a name for it. There's a name for everything. Someone once said, there's power in names, but I can't remember who. If I knew the name of that house-starting door-nook space, maybe I would have been able to say, what am I doing in this area that I know the name of? I do not belong here. Maybe that would have broken my trance and gotten me out the door, past that gate, and far away. Maybe I wouldn't be trapped in the house where it's always night, trapped by the creatures who occupy the night house. These creatures, these terrible, terrifying things, stinking of death and hunger, and as touched on before, worse. Entryway! 
It's called an entryway, that mail hall. That seems too simple, but some things are too simple. An entryway. What else is it, after all? And so, what else would you call it? Foyer. It occurs to me now that it is sometimes also called. And what else would you call it but the house's undertow that brought me from the shore of the entryway out into the cold depths of the house to a room so far out that it felt useless to try to swim back in again? Well, let this book, handwritten and hidden, wedged in between the impressive, intricately carved antique mahogany bed frame and the inexpensive, poorly assembled, mostly particle board nightstand, be your life jacket as you bob in place among conflicting design choices. Good for you for using crucial time to search your surroundings. You have found, I'm glad to tell you, just the book to help you through your stay in the, let us call it, guest room, where you are being kept. Only you are no guest and it is no room. You are, as I was, a captive. And the guest room is, to continue the more poetic description of our surroundings, the middle of the ocean. What did I say the book was? A life jacket? It's better than that. As proof against the sharks that inhabit these waters, it is a small wooden boat and a strong pair of oars that will, if piloted correctly, keep you from being savaged by the sharks below that represent the vampires within. That's right! The sharks here are vampires! Merciless! punctured tooth nocturnal creatures who will poke holes in you and use those holes to drink you up. But that's less important than the crucial part. But what is the crucial part? Great question. This is the crucial part. If you read nothing else, read this. Skip right to it. If you're stuck back in the beginning a few pages, skip right exactly to here. Vampires are rules followers. Vampires cannot enter your house without spoken permission by a resident or occupant. Everyone knows this. If a vampire, fewer people know this, if a vampire, once invited, chooses to enter, they must wipe their shoes clean or else take them off and roam about in sock feet. Warning, never try on a vampire's shoes. Living feet in the shoes of the undead do not tend to stay that way. Vampires, nobody knows that this is an actual rule, are only permitted to drink people by the neck. Other places might be redder, but necks are better, vampire rules say. Vampires cannot stand garlic. It tastes like soap to them. And if vampires, this is the crucial rule, please skip right to this one. If vampires have you in their house because their house is impossible but also true, the vampires cannot so much as nibble you if you tell them a story. If the story is any good at all, they may not cause you any harm. They must, in fact, keep you from harm to the best of their ability. This includes your care and feeding. And so, I have provided for you in this volume the stories I invented for fear of death or worse during my period of captivity. I leave them here for you in case you cannot think up stories on your own. Vampires prefer scary stories. They like them because there is a chance vampires will play a role in them. If the vampires complain that they have heard these stories before, let them know that they are free to let you go at any time. Maybe that will work. Good luck, my friend, which I call you, even though I do not know you, for we have our capture in common. I hope I help you get out of this. And now I present Stories to Keep You Alive Despite Vampires. 
This has been an excerpt of Ben Acker's Stories to Keep You Alive Despite Vampires. Additional thanks to Jordan Katz, Charlie James, and me, Hal Lublin. Thanks also to you, as always, for listening. Please visit bit.ly slash despite vampires to pre-order your copy of Stories to Keep You Alive Despite Vampires today. Forever Dog. This has been a Forever Dog production. Executive produced by Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. For more original podcasts, please visit foreverdogpodcasts.com and subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with the latest Forever Dog news by following us on Twitter and Instagram, at Forever Dog Team, and liking our page on Facebook.